Good morning, and uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, we'll start to read at verse 1. Fourteen years later, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. But I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders, for fear that I was running or had run my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. As for those who seem to be important, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external appearance. Those men added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Peter and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor and the very thing that I was eager to do. God will add his blessing to that reading of his word. Yes, just, let's just come before him before we look at it together. Our Father, we thank you again for the fact that we have your word. We thank you that you, we have the presence of your Holy Spirit with us to encourage us and to lead us and to teach us. And our Father, we pray that we will have hearts ready to receive that which you have prepared already as we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, before we look at uh, Galatians chapter 2, I just want to refer to a, a verse in Galatians chapter 5. It's verse 1, because this is a central verse to this letter to the Galatians. And in Galatians 5 verse 1, we read, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And as I said, this is a key verse in Paul's letter to the churches that he and Barnabas founded in this Gentile area of Galatia on what was Paul's first missionary journey. So why write this letter? Well, because other people had come into the church telling the believers that their trust in Jesus was not enough to save them. And being Gentiles, in order to be sure of their salvation, they would have to submit to the Jewish law. And to prove their loyalty to the Jewish law, they would have to be circumcised. Now, there's some things that Paul wants these believers to know. He wants them to know, first of all, that they have been set free of God's wrath and his judgment for sin. Secondly, the freedom that they have is in what Jesus has done for them. Thirdly, they need to make a firm stand in these truths that they believe. And fourthly, 
They must not let themselves be weighed down by something that is not the gospel. Now, for Paul to be able to help them to do this, he must, first of all, establish his authority as an apostle. Secondly, defend the doctrine of justification by faith. And thirdly, emphasize the importance of God's grace. Now, the first four things that we've just mentioned, they are for the believer to hold on to. The following three things are things that need to be taught. Paul, in his letter, is striving for unity within the church based on the one true gospel with nothing added and nothing taken away. In his letter, he will not only defend the theology, but also teach the practical application. That is, what we believe and how we should live. I just want to remind ourselves of a verse from Revelation, Revelation 22, verse 18 through to 19. This is what um, John tells us in the book of Revelation. I want everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. And here, Paul will continue in his letter to establish his authority, his authority to preach and teach the gospel and to defend the truth of the gospel. That is the message that he is teaching and preaching. Now, he's going to tell them that he has faced this problem before, this problem of false teachers, and he's going to relate to them something that he has already experienced. So we come to Galatians 2 and the first five verses. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and, meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet, not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. See, Paul went to Jerusalem and he went with Barnabas and Titus. He went because it was the Lord's will for him to go and he went to meet with some of the other apostles where Paul would explain to the apostles, those who were leaders of the church in Jerusalem, about the gospel that he preached to the Gentiles, in order to let them know that it was the same gospel that they were preaching to the Jews. And the gospel is, when Jesus died on the cross, he took upon himself the wrath of God, thus paying the penalty for the sins of the world, and that anyone who came to God with a true penitent heart could seek forgiveness in the name of Jesus and by the power of 
his shed blood, they could be redeemed. Confirming that salvation was in the name of Jesus and that in his name alone and through nothing else needing to be added or anything taken away. And this would mean that those who were teaching circumcision or teaching that circumcision was necessary to endorse salvation were wrong in what they were saying. So this would mean that the Judaizers who had come into the church were not only corrupting the gospel, but they were also rejecting Jesus by saying that his death was not sufficient in delivering salvation. All the apostles were of one mind on this issue as they showed their agreement with what Paul had said. And part of the evidence was that Titus, who was a Gentile, and who was a true believer, was not compelled by them to be circumcised because it wasn't necessary for his salvation. So we come to Galatians uh, 2, verse 6 through to 10. And we read, as for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter, was an apostle, was in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, these esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing that I had been eager to do all along. You see, Paul He saw no difference between himself and the other apostles. They were all one in God's sight. And there was no difference in the good news that they preached to the good news that Paul preached. Peter, James and John took the same good news to the Jews. They are referred to as the circumcised because that is what the Jewish people were prior to being being Christians. And Paul was taking the good news to the Gentiles who were referred to there as the uncircumcised. And there was no need for them to become circumcised in order to secure salvation. You see, this arrangement did not limit them or exclude them in any way. They all, wherever possible, would take the good news, the gospel, to both Jew and Gentile. Peter, while taking it to everyone, would concentrate on the Jews. And Paul, while presenting the gospel to everyone, would concentrate on the Gentiles. As Paul demonstrates in his custom that wherever he went, if there was a synagogue, then he would visit that first. And this would always be his starting point for taking the gospel to the Gentiles in that area. Now, as we've seen in Galatians uh, verse 9 and 10 that we read previously, James, Cephas, 
who is Peter, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. When they recognised the grace given to me, they agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing that I have been doing all along. You see, they had no need to add or modify Paul's teaching or his right to teach. He was accepted by them as an apostle. His teaching was that Jesus saves and that those who said that salvation was found in any other way other than in the name of Jesus were teaching what was a false gospel that in reality was no gospel at all. The next thing that Paul will refer to is that it's not just the theology that we have to get right. It's also how to apply what we know to be true. And we can see this in verses 11 through to 13. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. You see, Cephas, who is Peter the Apostle, he visited Antioch. He was staying in Antioch in Syria. And this is the church that commissioned Paul and Barnabas to take the good news to the Gentiles. Well, obviously, Peter was a Jew, but he was also a Christian. And he saw, as a Christian, no difference between Jew and Gentile. And he had no problem while he was there in, in Antioch, sitting down and eating with the Gentiles and mixing with the Gentiles. And we know previously God had revealed to Peter that it was right for him to accept and treat Gentiles as equals. To read about that, we can go back to Acts chapter 10. Uh, this is after God had showed him about what was clean and unclean. And at the house of Cornelius, who was a Gentile, Peter could say this to him. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a visit or associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising an objection. But while Peter was here, in Antioch. Things changed. They changed when a group of men came from Jerusalem, the church where James was the leader, and they came with the opinion that salvation through faith in Jesus plus obedience to the Mosaic law was the way of salvation. Now, it must be said here that there was no evidence that James agreed with them. In fact, we know that he didn't agree with this teaching. He'd already stated that this teaching was wrong. But it seems that these men are what Jesus would have referred to as being wolves in sheep's clothing. However, 
while they came or when they came, Peter was influenced by these men and began to move away from associating with the Gentiles. He stopped eating with them. He, he drew back from mixing with them. Peter was not moved from his belief that salvation was by faith alone. But he was, by his actions, compromising the gospel. As his actions were contrary to his true convictions. And the result was that Barnabas followed Peter's actions. Now for those looking on, the implication would have been that Jewish Christians have something that Gentile believers lack, namely the Jewish law. Now Paul here is right to call Peter a hypocrite. That might sound harsh, but this is true. You see, the root of the word hypocrite means an actor, one who plays a part. And Peter was being here who he wasn't. And Paul knew this. So it was right for Paul to take Peter to task because his actions If they were not challenged, Paul knew that the consequence of them would be that others would be influenced. In fact, it had already happened. Some of the Jews had started to move themselves away from the Gentiles, refused to eat with them, and even Barnabas did the same thing. They followed Peter's lead. Why is Paul telling the Galatians about this? Well, the reason is because this is what is happening in their church in Galatia. They're in danger of being influenced by people who are leading them away from the true gospel. By doing that, the gospel will be compromised and others might see by their actions something that a Here's to be the gospel, when what they see is not the gospel. You know, this is a challenge for us today. Our beliefs might be right, I trust that they are, but our actions at times might not be, and the wrong message could be sent out that might influence others. Now, the question for us here is, how do we deal with the freedom that we have in the gospel? And how does it affect the care and concern that we have for others? And this is the message that's going to the church in Galatia. Just as we close for this morning, a word from Paul that he gave to Timothy for us to consider as well. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 20. But those elders who are sinning, you are to reprove before everyone so that the others may take warning. Well, some things for us to think about. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that you will keep us faithful to what we believe, what we believe in the gospel, that it's by what Jesus has done that we are saved, and we can add nothing to that nor take anything away. It is by faith in him 
that we are saved. Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now next time, Paul will speak about justification, so uh, we'll have a look at that. But that's for next week. <laughs>